The Z-Ball Podcast is a casual conversation that occasionally delves into mature subjects and may contain vulgar adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Z-Ball Podcast and our preview of the 2021 Eastern Conference Semifinals. Recording this on a Thursday evening in Southern California. The playoffs are in full effect. The Eastern Conference Semifinal matchups are already set. And joining me today to discuss that and a host of other things, Boston Celtics fan Akshay. What up, Akshay? How's it going? Yo, Zichon. What's up, bro? Uh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Uh, just, uh, I'm just happy it's Friday. Happy the week is, uh, even though it's uh, the holiday week, it's, it just felt like it's a full week, and I'm just happy we're back to the weekend, uh, hopefully soon, within the next 24 hours. And that's about it, too. We catch some games this, uh, this weekend, or tonight, and see what happens. All right, yeah, for sure. So it wouldn't be an NBA podcast with you if we didn't uh, discuss the Celtics. So let's get right into the with the shakeup with the front office and Brad Stevens. So Brad Stevens is stepping down as head coach and being promoted to president of basketball operations. Danny Ainge is no longer in the front office. So what's your whole take on the situation and where do you think Boston goes for their new head coach? Well, you know what? This was... Uh... Uh, something that's that was going to happen eventually. I didn't think it would happen this soon. Uh, I didn't expect it. It was kind of a sort of shock to me. But uh, I think something had to be done. I mean, obviously, uh, Danny Ainge is what sixty-two now, three. But uh, I think that uh, uh, the, the heart attack scare he had uh, a couple years back, and he just—I I don't think he has uh, energy or whatnot to uh, to be a general manager. You're working like over two hundred hours a week. Uh, trying to do whatever, what your job it expects you to do. So I think he just uh, he gracefully stepped out, and uh, um, Brad Stevens uh, Brad Stevens has taken over as the head of uh, um, uh, player personnel and uh, pretty much uh, uh, for the Celtics. So as far as the coach, they definitely have to hire one. I mean, there are a lot of names out there. Uh, of coaches uh, that are interested, and there are, there are a lot of names of coaches that are currently uh, uh, in the playoffs right now, uh, and they can't uh, be interviewed or nothing until they're uh, either eliminated or until the uh, NBA playoffs are, um, are finished. So I think it will take some time to figure out somebody, um, but there are some intriguing names. I mean, there's, there's several I like to. I mean, you have like Sam Cassell. Uh, you can talk about, uh, uh, you can mention like uh, Jason Kidd, but I don't think that's really fair, uh, going uh, going to happen. Uh, but uh, you can also look at uh, some other names as uh, a female head coach, like, like Becky Hammond. Uh, they have a, 
Okay, go, going back to Becky Hammond, what, what do you think about her as a, as a possible a head coaching candidate? Uh, she's been the, the assistant for the past seven seasons with the Spurs. Do we possibly well, see I, a, uh, a the first female NBA head coach? Because it appears that Brad Stevens is a big fan of her as well. No, no, I can totally see that happening. I do. She's a great coach. She's definitely a great coach and, and whatnot. Who not to learn? Under, um, under for the last seven years than uh, Popovich, who I think is one of the greatest coaches in the NBA. So I say, I mean, she obviously learned him. Um, also learned a few things under her And uh, I think uh, that potentially could be a great fit. So Becky Hammond... Uh, uh, do you ultimately think that she's going to be the head coach? Okay, or like at, just I mean, just personally asking. You're mentioning all these candidates: Sam Cassell, uh, internally Jay Laranega, uh, Becky Hammond. Uh, but who is your preferred candidate? My preferred candidate, dude. Honestly, I want a coach that's willing to, to like uh, shake things around. You know, I, I want a coach that's willing to do something. You know, shake things around, play. Play uh, a different point of uh, basketball, you know, not just like uh, how would they say the uh, typical um, what the Celtics play is the uh, uh, what is that typical? Uh, I can't think of it right now. What the, the terminology for that? Uh, but for, I mean, from what I saw from the Celtics this season, a lot of ISO ball. So, well, yeah, that's one thing. That's ISO ball. I mean, I don't want ISO ball. I mean, that's a lot with to do with the uh, with the roster. As it is, because Celtics had, I mean, the roster, I mean, you have injuries galore, and then you have uh, a lot of uh, young kids on that roster. So I, I think I, there needs to be a shakeup where you have to have where the new uh, um, a general manager, whoever they hire, has to bring in uh, veteran players. I mean, speaking of general manager, that's a whole other topic as it. On itself, as who would they bring in? Because I, I read out that the coach should be part of the general management. I don't think Brad Stevens is a, uh, a director of player personnel, so I, I don't think he would be involved as GM. So that's another um, interesting topic there. Who they would possibly bring in for that? Okay, so if you could p- pick your perfect candidate just out of all the names available, who would it be? Like a specific name? Specific name? I would actually. Well, honestly, dude, I would actually think of maybe Becky Hammond. Okay. I mean, she she was a winner in the in the WNBA, and she she's been with the Spurs seven years, learning under Popovich. And I mean, that's uh, in my book, that's enough um, experience on her hand. You know, I mean, I, I should definitely bring a, a, a different attitude to the league. You know, um, so so why not roll the dice, right? Okay, yeah, I mean, that that would be very interesting to see as far as like the head coaching goes. I mean, it would be really intriguing. That's all I I would kind of mention Becky Hammond, kind of as uh kind of a leading one of the leading candidates. But we'll see. I mean, that's obviously a big step when you're the first women's uh head coach in the NBA. So we'll see what ultimately happens. But just in regards to the Celtics season, obviously a disappointing season all around. Uh, so many different starting lineups. Uh, a lot of players lost to COVID protocols. Uh, Jason Tatum notably got got COVID, I believe, early on in the season. Uh, Kemba wasn't really healthy at all the whole season. They lost Jalen Brown at the end of the season. 
And I remember you uh, basically telling me that the season was uh, uh, basically lost, even at the All-Star break. So Yeah, yeah. yeah pretty much. It was already coming to that route. I mean, there's not much more they could have gone more in the playoffs, you know. I mean, yeah. I mean granted, they played the Nets, Nets are a super team at this point. But, but for them to win a game and, be, and actually uh, have the game go into into the fourth quarter, um, that's, that's in my book, that's saying something. Okay, for sure. So, uh, I guess, obviously, all-around disappointing season for the Celtics, but it should be intriguing to see what they do in the offseason as far as kind of like building the roster, building the head coach, the head coach uh, building his or her staff uh and we'll see where they're at in the summer uh, going into next season. But let's move on to some of the Eastern Conference semifinal matchups, both of them. Uh, all those uh, series are pretty much done in the first round for the East uh, in five or less games. So we'll look at the first matchup, which is my most intriguing one. The, the two-seed the two Brooklyn Nets uh, taking on the three-seed Milwaukee Bucks. So what, what are your thoughts on this series, and who do you got uh, coming out? To the and moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, in this one, uh, um, I think this will be a very good series. I can see it possibly going seven. Uh, it, I think it's going to be a good series because I mean, look at uh, New Jersey, dude. They're a loaded team. You have to, you have the possibility of every night, either Durant, Kyrie, or uh, um, Harden putting forty a night, or both of them putting forty a night. Where like two two players are giving eighty points, and then you have a third player, uh, and and you have the bench possibly putting in another thirty to forty points. So that alone is just like it's amazing. I mean that that stat alone, it's amazing what they what the Nets have right now. I am, but granted, can they play? Um, can they play against a team that has, uh, like Milwaukee, that has a Giannis on the floor, that has a lot of depth on the floor, and that has a lot of depth on the bench? You know? So, I mean, it's an interesting series. I think it goes seven, but I have to... Um, I don't think the Nets are... I mean, in my mind, the way I see it, I don't think the Nets are proven yet. And they have to build... I think they have to beat consistent uh, competition without any... Injuries on the other teams to significant players. So I'm going uh, the Bucks in seven. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I definitely go seven. Uh, I'm going to go the other way. I like Brooklyn. Uh, I think Brooklyn, like you kind of just mentioned, touch on they're not going to struggle to score really ever. But just, just because they are a newer team and then what they went through kind of the regular season, they never really had all three of those guys, Harden, Kyrie, and Durant. Like together, I think they only played like seven or eight games in the regular season, so they're still building that continuity, that chemistry. But just down the stretch, I, I just think those three versus Milwaukee's three, uh, Drew Holiday, Middleton, and Giannis. I I think just when they need to get buckets and stuff down the stretch, when the uh, the pace bogs down, it gets kind of a little chippy and stuff. I think. I would have to go with Brooklyn in in that scenario. So that's why I'm picking Brooklyn in the series. But Milwaukee has definitely shown us that uh, they have uh, a very good big three. The Drew Holiday signing, uh, or trade, excuse me, has really paid off for them, the offseason trade. And 
those guys are are much better defensively than Brooklyn, and because of that, it's going to be a lot a very long series. They're, they're going to make it very competitive. It's going to be, in my opinion, probably the most intriguing uh, second round conference final semifinal series in either the Western Conference or Eastern Conference. So, I see it going the distance. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take Brooklyn. I just think too much star power, too much talent. Uh, Barring any major injuries on either side, uh, I'm going to take Brooklyn to win a long seven-game series with that home court advantage, and then kind of with that uh, some of that finals experience with uh, Kyrie and Harden or Kyrie and Durant, excuse me. And then you got uh, the role players are, are really good too as well. I mean Joe Harris, uh, Blake Griffin now in the mix, and then on the other side from Milwaukee, yeah, uh, you you got Giannis. Uh, Hopefully he can kind of take a little step. Uh, and then Middleton, Drew Holiday has shown what he can do a few years ago against uh, Portland in that series, locking down Lillard on both sides of the court. So it, it should be a fun series, but I like Brooklyn 7. You like Milwaukee in 7. We'll see what happens. Uh, so let's move on to uh, the second Eastern Conference semifinals matchup. we got the one seed, Philadelphia 76ers taking on the number five seed, Atlanta Hawks. What do you think about this series, and who do you got uh, moving on? Um, I definitely have to favor uh, Philadelphia in this series. Uh, but I but I, uh, I got to figure out, and uh, I'll have to find out what the status of MB's health is. Um, I, I, I know there was some injury he had in the previous series. Where I don't know if he played, if he missed one game. But um, uh, uh, with the 76ers, uh, it's Embiid. If he can, um, if he plays, and if he's playing at top level, uh, it'll be tough to beat him. Atlanta, uh, I don't think Atlanta would have a, choice, uh, a chance of beating them. But then, uh, if he's playing uh, with the injury, if he's not hundred percent, then Atlanta would have a chance. Yeah. So Embiid, he 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 had a slight tear in his uh, lateral meniscus in his right knee okay. in Game Three. So he missed the remainder of Game Three, and then he or Game Four, excuse me, and then he missed Game Five as well. Yeah. So I mean, with that guy, it's just always uh, with a big guy like him, it's always injuries are always a concern, and that's always going to be an issue, I think, just throughout the remainder of his career. But even <clears throat> even given that, I think Philadelphia is the better team. Just. Regardless of his, of his health, and, and I, I see them winning in six games over Atlanta. Atlanta, obviously, uh, I was very wrong about them against going up against the Knicks. I thought the Knicks kind of had the the edge, kind of with the the pace and the tempo style they would play, kind of the grinded out style. But Atlanta ultimately came out on top pretty easily over them in five games, uh, showing they had much more talent with Bogdan Bogdanovich, obviously Trey Young, Clint Capella, John Collins. Uh, DeAndre Hunter, some of the other young guys they have, Kevin Werder, and they really limited Julius Randle as well. He he did not really have any really much of an impact really on the entire series or any of the games. So hats off to them for getting their first playoff series wins since I believe uh, twenty fifteen. I believe. So. So but. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I just think they're going to have uh, trouble here. I mean, going up against the kind of the talent of Philadelphia. I mean, Philadelphia has uh, three-point shooting now with Danny Green, Seth Curry, Tobias Harris, obviously. Embiid can shoot it a little bit. Uh, playmaking defense of, of Ben Simmons. Uh, Embiid, I think, is going to play. I think, let's see. 
how limited he is. <laughs> just that's the question. But even even kind of with him on the court, 60-70%, I, I still think uh, Philly's coming out on top and moving on to their first Eastern Conference Finals in a very long time, since 2001, I believe. So, mm. so yeah, I any other thoughts? There. Any other thoughts on this series? Um, I, I'm not really, Yudis. It's just me. To me, the major thing is just Embiid's health concern. That's the only thing. Yeah, I which mean, I think would be fine, but I, I just think uh, it depends if he's healthy. The series gets over much faster. If he's not, then the series will drag on a bit. Yeah, I mean that that's always going to be a concern with him for his career. I mean, it basically missed the first two seasons of his career because of that, and that's just going to be an ongoing concern moving on in his career. And that's just something that the Sixers are going to have to deal with, but I I don't think it's going to be pose a problem for them in this series. I think yeah. they'll they'll be I able agree. they have the better talent in my opinion, offensively and defensively, uh, probably coaching wise as well with Doc versus uh, Nate McMillan, and I just see them as just uh, being too much too much of a a, a handful for. Atlanta to kind of take on and overcome, and because of that, I'm going to pick them in six. So. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. I uh, I agree with that. Alrighty, so uh, Western Conference, a completely different story from the Eastern Conference. We only got one team that's moved on so far in the Western Conference. That's the Utah Jazz. They beat uh, Memphis in five games, and they're awaiting the winner of the Clippers-Mavs series. The Clippers... Uh, are down 3-2. The Mavs are up 3-2 in that series, winning Game 5 yesterday. And in this series, the road team has won every game so far in the first five games. So what's your thoughts on this series, and what do you see uh, moving forward uh, tomorrow for Game 6 and possibly a Game 7 on Sunday? Well, you know, this series has been very... Uh, how, how would I say I I was wrong about this series. I thought the Clippers would come in and handle business, but apparently they are not. And uh, um, they're, they're not playing well together. I, I don't know what's really happening. With uh, You saw the incident last night with Rondo questioning Kawhi uh, Leonard on his air ball. Uh, maybe their, their shot selection is not as good. <laughs> I don't know what's happening with the Clippers. I expected more out of them. Um, it's intriguing that uh, each road team um, is winning games on their opponent's uh, um, court. Um, uh, will that uh, happen tomorrow night? I think it will. I think the, the Clippers uh, do win tomorrow, and I do think they they win in uh, in seven games. Okay, it all depends on obviously. They, I mean, um, it's all depend on uh, um, Dallas's health as players. You know, I mean, uh, with their point guard um, having the. Uh, I think he is like back issues or something, back spasms. Yeah, he had, Luca has yeah like a, a neck injury. I think he sustained in game three. Okay, yeah. So I, I think if that uh, if he is not hundred percent or one, I mean, I mean, in ninety percent, that could definitely help the Clippers. But we'll see what happens. But I I, I do think the Clippers uh, bounce back uh, tomorrow night, and then. Um, depending on health and everything of all the players, I think if they're healthy, Clippers, uh, I think they can beat the Mavs in, in seven, I'm sorry, in seven games. 
Yeah, so I mean, yeah, this series just been uh, the Clippers have just been very bad defensively. So during the entire regular season, the Mavs I think shot thirty six percent from the three point line. So they've uh, beaten that mark by in four of the five games, especially in game one and game two, they were shooting lights out. And oh yeah, oh yeah. It, it was reminding me a little bit of the twenty eleven conference semifinals when they swept the Lakers, and that was Phil Jackson's last season as a head coach. Uh, and then the Clippers have, I think, were one of the best three-point shooting teams in the in the regular season, and they they shot I think forty-one percent or forty-one and a half during the regular season. They they haven't hit that mark in any of the game. I think maybe only game three this series. So okay. offensively, though, the Clippers have looked good in I, four of the five games, the exception being yesterday in game five. It's just they they haven't been able to get the stops, and I don't sense that that kind of urgency is there, that kind of like domination that they should be showing, and it goes to show. I mean, Luca obviously uh, balled last year against them. He's been balling for sure this year, but just the problem is you can't let like some of the other go other guys go off. I mean, Dorian Finney-Smith had twenty points in game one. Tim Hardaway played excellent in game one and game two. You you just can't let those other guys go off. Luca's Luca. You got to limit him. Obviously, make it tough. But he's gonna get his stuff. He's he's a bona fide superstar, and you just have to limit the other guys. And then for the Clippers, uh, Kawhi has been playing excellent for four of the five games. The exception being yesterday, he was very off. Uh, I think they brought in Boban to kind of uh, uh, put some length, rim protection at the rim, stop those the downhill motions of him and Paul George uh, getting to the rim. So. We'll see what happens tomorrow. I think the Clippers, uh, I don't see them playing as bad as they did yesterday offensively. That was their worst offensive game of the series. I think they shoot the three ball better uh, with some of their role guys as well. Marcus Morris, uh, Reggie Jackson, uh, obviously Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, the main stars. And I think they, they pull out a, a game six win. Somewhere about like eight points or something like that, and then uh, I'm gonna stick with my pick of them to win the series. Obviously, my pick t- is wrong. I picked them in six, but I still think mm-hmm. they, they they'll win in seven games uh, on Sunday at home, and move on to the Western Conference semis to face off against the Jazz. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, so the other series uh, we got we got currently a game six going on happening right now between. The three seed Nuggets and the six seed Trailblazers. The Blazers are up currently in game six by four points at home. Denver leading the series currently at three two. So, what do you see for this series? How do you see it ending up, and who do you see moving on? You know, this is just a, this is actually one of the better series to watch. This is an hours. excellent series. Uh, I did not watch the the game the other night, but it went to double overtime, and some of those shots that Lillard hit was were amazing, I mean, shots that were described by some of my friends as video game shots, so... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, he's, he, he's an amazing player. That's for sure. And uh, I think with this series, I think the series goes seven. I I think Portland takes it tonight. Uh, they're playing at home. Uh, I think they take it, but it, it, it's going to go back to Denver. And, uh, I think Denver eventually wins this series. Okay, yeah, I agree. I think Portland's going to pull, uh, pull out, and they're in the lead right now in Game 6. I think they're going to end up taking this Game 6, and then uh, I picked Denver to win this series. I, I believe I might have picked them in 6, but nonetheless, I'm wrong on that. But I'll 
stick with them to win in seven at home and move on to the semifinals to take on the winner of the Lakers Sun series. So with that, we'll move on to that series, which is very intriguing. And, uh, we got a, a monkey wrench, uh, twist thrown into that series on, on Sunday when, uh, Anthony Davis, uh, suffered a strained groin and early on in game four and the whole momentum of that, that game and the series pretty much changed. And then Chris Paul, yeah, Chris Paul seems to have gotten healthier and really, uh, showed up that game. And, uh, the Suns overcame an early, like, 11, 12-point deficit and to win that game. And then they came out in Game 5 and blew out the Lakers by 30 points without Anthony Davis. So what's what's your thoughts on this series? Uh, what do you see uh, going on tonight in Game 6? And do you see the Lakers uh, ultimately pulling this out in Game 6? What, what are your thoughts? Well, this one, Game 6, my initial thoughts are this. Um, the health of Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is, is set to play, but he's definitely not going to... He'll be at probably 65%, something like that, 70 yeah, at the he, most. He's set to play, correct, but what level is he playing at? You know, that, that's what that's what would worry me. What level is he playing at? He's he playing at a level, like he's, uh, like you mentioned, 65%, which is still a good deal to help the Lakers, but, you, but then you're also giving up 30 percent and uh they're not gonna also hurt the labor so it's like you have to you, you're sort of playing the dice here yeah you know so you don't really sure. know what you're gonna get but if he's uh definitely if he, he's 100 percent, it'll be very tough for the sons to win tonight well he's not going to be 100 percent for the rest of this series that's for sure i can say that yeah. so i think i think on that route uh if he's not 100 percent rest of the series 65 percent tonight uh uh then uh, you know who you know who has to step up. It has to be LeBron. LeBron has to give in. Uh, LeBron has to play. Okay, so you, LeBron obviously uh, is no stranger to these types of games. He's, I believe, has the best stats of any player ever in elimination games and in Game Seven, possibly if there is one in this series. So, what do you see from him, Akshay, in Game Six, shouldering the big load with Anthony Davis injured? I think LeBron ha- has to step it up. I mean, there's no point. I mean, there's that's what he has to do tonight. He has yeah. to get at least 30 points. He definitely has to step it up, and he has to show more urgency and than he did in Game 5. But wh- what do you, do, you, do you see him stepping up? I see him trying, yes. I see him definitely trying, but at the same time, it's uh, will his shots go in? I mean, we've been seeing last game, uh, his shots didn't really go in. Um, so we'll see tonight. Hopefully his shots go in and um, hopefully there is a game seven. You know, but the, I think he, with Anthony Davis uh, hurt, he's playing tonight, but how effective, we don't know. So LeBron and the Lakers bench has to show up. It's quite as simple. If they want to extend the series to seven, then LeBron has to step up. And the bench, like Kuzma and all these other guys, have to put in points. Okay, which so- I, I think they have a, a great chance to because they're playing at home. Okay, so what what do you see for Game Six? Who, who do you see taking it? I can see right now. I'm I'm going with Phoenix, but then but then again, uh, my assumption why I'm going with Phoenix because we have to see what LeBron does. If he puts up more points, then yeah, they have a great chance to win. Okay. All right, I, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to stick with my Lakers pick. I picked them to win this series in six, but obviously that's wrong again. 
But I think they're going to pull out a game six, and then uh, there's nobody other player I would rather have in any NBA game seven than LeBron. So uh, I, th- I think game seven LeBron is a different animal. So I think Lakers pull out ton- tonight's game six at home, and then they go into Phoenix for game seven and win that as well and move on to the conference semifinals. All right, all right. Okay, so with that, we'll that'll wrap up all the series. But actually, do you, any other thoughts on just general NBA news or anything like that? Nothing really, bro. I mean, that's pretty much it. Just waiting for the uh, for the finals to uh, come around, see who play. It'll be interesting, dude. See what happens this year. Yeah, it's but been that, no, it's been an excellent not, first not round really. in the Western Conference. Not so much in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I expect better Eastern Conference semifinal matchups. So should be fun. But Akshay, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me, bro. Definitely. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoy all of the playoff matchups this weekend, the Eastern Conference semifinals. And I'll be back next week sometime to discuss the Western Conference semifinal matchups. Thank you, guys.